We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale. Another good week coming to you. We're bringing you MMA and boxing on today's show, pro wrestling later on in the week on Thursday. Tons to talk about. We're getting back into the swing of things in 2021. We have a UFC card coming up. Boxing will follow shortly after. And then, of course, WWE. NXT, AW, everyone will start having more shows as we come into the year. Our kind of two-week rest period is done, so it is nice to be back here. I'm sure in a few weeks we'll be able to split this back into three shows, but for now, two shows a week coming at you. Hey, it's, it's going to be really great. We're prepared. Hopefully, you guys are ready to get back to normal, as normal as it can be for 2021, which already started off on a crazy note. Old man. We're, what, six days? Wow, 10 days into 2021. How are you feeling so far? I feel like the fuckery of 2020 is still a, is still amongst us. Man, I don't, I don't use years for benchmarks. It don't mean shit. So this is like December 30 what? What would this be? December 41st? Today? Yeah. yeah, it's December 41st, 2020. Like, this is some bullshit. Like I, like I said before, when my birthday comes up, I'm not turning a year older because nobody's seen me since my last birthday. So I'm whatever age I am, nothing's changed. So it, it's uh um the only thing that's interesting is just watching uh people show their ass on Twitter after what we talked about last week. And uh Yeah, man. Yeah, all the dumbasses. And you know what? Man, we talk about how MMA is like a safe haven for like 
maggot and shit. Yo, they just continue to show their ass. Oh, they are crying right now. Literally, on social media. Um, I mean, MMA athletes saying, join me. Let's go to Parlor. Parlor's up and out of here. Right. So I don't know where they're going. I, I feel like they might try to bring back AOL. Like, if anything brings back AOL Instant Messenger, it'd be these idiots. So, no, we're seeing craziness. There's a, what, the Buss It Challenge or whatever that is taken Twitter by storm as well. Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, I guess. I don't have a TikTok with the kiddos. But women are just, for some reason, deciding to look worse than they normally do. Which they still look really good, but they're purposely dressing down to then just drop it like Megan Thee Stallion with a bunch of makeup on and as little clothing as possible. And I can't say that I'm horribly upset at the trend. Like if of all the other just stupidity happening on social media, it lightens the mood. Sure. So it's good timing for this. Yeah. I mean, it's only good, clean fun, right? You know, you know, it's, it's, it's just crazy, though, because you look at these trends and you look at things like we haven't really talked about things like Clubhouse, which I fucking hate. Um, <laughs> like, you know, these trends, and things, because everything is so bad right now that anything is a bright spot. So the bust down challenge is just like, all right, cool. Like there's the what, what are we going to complain about? What are you going to watch the news? I'm tired of the news. Yeah. What are you gonna watch? Uh, what is it? Van Jones? Is it Van Jones? And make it's not Megan Kelly, is it? Who is that with that goddamn documentary talking about uh, unity? Like, get the fuck out of here! Is Van Jones I don't doing this. that? Last thing I heard about Van Jones is something about Kim Kardashian. I social media has been all over the place. It really has. I, yeah, some, it was like some Van Van Jones, Kim Kardashian, Kanye. I forgot the other person involved. I don't know. I can't even follow all that shit. It's That's hard to saying. keep up. But the point is, is, is like you can't. On. It's hard to get mad at anything else. You're just like, ah, they do. You know, whatever y'all do, hey, as long as you ain't, you know, trying to run up in Capitol buildings or call me the N word on social media, we're good. I feel like that might be happening under some of your posts. It does. Is the? <laughs> I mean, you've I've had been, some very good posts in my eyes, which means the the MAGA wave is probably underneath your post having a yeah. ball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not only between that, like. I try to desensitize myself to it all. Like, I try not to watch the news. But then I find myself, like, I, I just watched the America to Me documentary on stars, which if anybody has watched it, it's incredible. It's a must watch. Um, and I'm reading a book called Cast, about the caste system in America, and it's very timely. And it just makes me think about all these things, like, in, in a, um, a macro view, not just what's going on now. Because whatever is going on right now the funny thing is for republicans or like super conservatives like arnold schwarzenegger just denounced trump right yeah. arnold schwarzenegger is like not an angel but the thing is is as long as you denounce trump people be like yeah you're okay when you're really not <laughs> like some of these cats can really get away with murder as long as they denounce trump right now so i don't know we're just in a in a weird place where it's like uh nothing can be worse than trump until it is because we thought the same thing about Bush. Nothing could be worse than Bush until Trump came. So, you know. Yeah. It could just be the beginning with all of that. Uh, outside of that, there's other crazy shit. And one thing that sticks out to me is I'm pretty sure the Rona is still here. Yeah. Right? Because we, we hear the Capitol news. We hear 
Trump, you know, Lord knows what he's going to do in these last couple of weeks or this last week in the office. But I see all over my timeline raging parties, people out and about like the Rona is gone. Like that shit stayed in 2020 and didn't come into 2021. I saw Bow Wow partying on what would be the smallest boat I've ever seen. Him, another dude, and 10 women chilling, partying. Again, it's not a yacht. I mean, it was like a schooner. Like, the shit is tiny. Just out living it. Like, whatever. Cheeks in face. No mask on. He was wearing cheeks like a mask. And some wild shit happening out there. And then blue faces in the club. Mad strippers throwing money. Somehow his man becomes de-pantsed. His... <laughs> Quick side note. His man's was wearing basketball shorts to the club, to the strip club. The shorts come down. He's out there. Boxers just get grinded on on stage by a stripper. People roasting this dude. But you know you've reached prime savage mode in life when you wear basketball shorts to the strip club. Yeah. I remember doing that at 17, so I can only judge that man so much. When we used to go to, damn, that was before we used to go to Little Darlings, because Little Darlings at least upheld and you had to be 18, but we used to go to Talk of the Town in high school. Oh my God. Yeah, end of my junior year, throughout my senior year. We went to Talk of the Town, anyone been to Vegas, is by the Stratosphere, so right next door. It is a questionable establishment. You don't say. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we used to go in there, chill, basketball shorts. We used to wear Rancho football basketball shorts in there. And they wouldn't say anything. Like, no carding us, no nothing. It's a juice bar, so they didn't serve liquor. So they didn't really care, like, if we were underage. But we would go in there, like, just drinking the parking lot. I think we were drinking Four loco or some shit at that time. Just drinking the parking lot and then go in. And it was dollar lap dances from midnight to two. And we just get mm. dollar lap dances. We we're like young creeps. So I digress. People are doing that in 2021. Rona going crazy. And then I send you this video of people, teens, straight out brawling in the Meadows Mall here in Vegas. Yeah. If anyone's been to Vegas, the Meadows Mall is uh, the mall for us. I think that's the best way to put it. It's our mall here in Vegas. Uh, so it's a what is the west side of Vegas. And it was crazy that these kids are throwing down, brawl. Cops can't really break them up. It's like 5v5 mask. They actually have masks on, but the masks were down ass whooping and then you say this is nothing compared to what i seen in atlanta yeah man i mean dude malls aren't even i don't even know what these people are doing at the mall rona or not don't you have amazon like what are you shopping at the mall for <laughs> i don't amazon dead listen man dead ass i don't think i've been in a shopping in a mall since i go to the outlet i used to go to the outlet for like the holidays to pick up like I, I just ransacked the polo store but i don't think i've been to a mall in like two and a half years what am i doing at the mall what is the point so what are teenagers who don't like watch tv like like watch youtube like what are you doing at the mall 
you know, like the crazy thing is if you go to a mall, nothing's on sale. It's more expensive at the mall than it is online. So what are you doing at the mall? <laughs> People that, just that's like hanging out question. at the mall, Dre. It's like that, my favorite no, mall rats. No, no, nobody People just like, like hanging out at the mall. Not in 2020, though. Like in my day, the mall was the spot. Yes, mall rats. That's when you used to go to the mall for like to get numbers for like no reason. It was just you were broke as hell and you just walk around in the mall. That was a thing in 2020, 2021. What are you doing at the mall? I used to kick it at the mall growing up in Vegas at the Meadows Mall. And we used to have competitions. Who gets the most numbers, which is crazy because back then you would not see the same same people at the mall. It would just be like people in and out. So you see girls from one high school and then you get girls from another high school. All this in like an eight hour shift of just being at the mall. Now there's like 13 people at the mall. It's like you see the same people. Atlanta malls, like if you, if any of our listeners are from Atlanta, when I say the Lennox Mall today, you probably think about it as something much different. Today, it's not the same mall. When I went to Morehouse, it was before social media. It was like AOL was still popping. It was like that was the mall of choice. Like our broke asses would get out of class on Friday, and on Saturday we're like getting dressed to go to the mall with no money, just to see the girls. Like put it on your best clothes. Oh to fuck go to yeah! The mall. Listen, man, there was two things. You you got dressed to go to the 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 club, which I still to this day I have no idea how I used to go to the club because I had no money and I was drinking underage and I I don't know how I did this. I still to this day don't know how I pulled it off. But that was like at nighttime and during the day you go to the mall. And you you throw on your shit. You go to the mall. Like one of your homeboys got money. Somebody's buying something. Wasn't me ever. But you probably eat at the food court because the food court was always popping. See who's there looking cool. Like you get dressed up. Atlanta was like that. You have Morris Brown, Clark Atlanta, uh, Spellman, Morehouse, Georgia State, Georgia Tech, um, Emory if they came down. And everybody's at the mall kicking it. It's incredible. Like, there, it was, dude, that's why you hang out at the mall because there was nothing the fuck else to do. There was no, you didn't sit at home and play like, you didn't like sit on social media or we barely were like on computers like that. Like you are now, like everything's consumed through your phones. Now it wasn't like that back then. Shit. I didn't have a cell phone in college. I was just out. Yeah, you still had a beeper. No, I just was broke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, was just, I was just broke. I couldn't afford a cell phone until like my sophomore year. And even then it was like, it got cut off like every so often because I was broke as hell. But nah, man, like That's the mall fair. was, the mall was it, but Atlanta malls and this all came from a group chat. Those are wondering why we're talking about malls and it's all Kel's fault. And I told him to prompt me to do this because the first question I have to ask you before I start the story is, Kel, have you ever been hit on by a gay man? I have. I How have. make you feel? Um, at the time I was broke. So the, oddly enough, it didn't make me feel weird at all. I mean, like, um, my godfather's gay, all this stuff. Like, I've grown up around, you know, gay culture, so that wasn't, like, anything weird to me. But specifically, I didn't feel weird about being hit on by a gay man because I was hit on by a gay man in a gay club. Like, my uh, roommate in, like, 2007 worked, or it was probably, like, 2010, he worked at Marquee, and he was a barback. But if anyone knows about the strip, like it's pool seasons. So in the winter, you don't have a job. So he would work the gay club Piranha on Paradise 
throughout the winter to just get extra money. So the club opened at like midnight, but they would have to go and prep at nine. So we would go from nine to 11, 1130 and get drunk as fuck. And they would just let us drink for free. And then we'd just go home. Because that was like, we had no money. So we would just be cool and go drink there before he started work. Like me, my other boy, and whatever. And one night we got too drunk and ended up uh, staying until like 1 a.m. So the doors had opened. And then I got hit on by a gay man who uh, had to be all of 150 pounds. And a light-skinned cat. 150 pounds. And was adamant about betting me that he could pick me up physically. Hmm. And I was like, why, thank you. I appreciate this. And I'm not questioning your strength, but I will pass. And he was like, okay, you lucky. You. It was before people calling people a snack. He called me something. And I was like, why, thank you, sir. But uh, I am not interested. I'm just here because I know this guy. And yeah, that was that was the gist of it. So I was... I was there so i couldn't be mad at him hitting on me like who knew i don't know if he knew if i was straight i didn't know i mean probably he probably liked that but i was in his domain so i couldn't be mad so this is early 2000s yeah so you know i'll say this at first being hit on by gay men is kind of flattering in a weird way because you're like hey at least somebody likes me right so (laughs) so i'll tell you the story first the first time I got hit on, I didn't recognize. Somebody was like, yo, if you're gay, you're a man, you go to Morehouse. So I'm in, obviously, duh. And I was like, I never thought of that. But anyway, I was going to a spot one night, going to a spot called Steagles, which was had like burgers and shit for the late night. They always had rats and shit, but you're broke, so you don't care, so you still eat there. And it was dumb late. I was walking, and this dude was like, yo, what's your name? I was like, Dre. And he, you know, he was like, what school you go to? Morehouse. What dorm you in? Hubert. And he was like, oh, he told me his name. Can't remember. And he was like, oh, you heading this way? I'm going to head this way, too. I'm like, all right, straight. You know, it's late now. I ain't tripping. And he's talking, and I'm just listening. And I'm thinking because I'm thinking about this girl I'm trying to get up with later. So I'm not really paying him any attention, but I'm just listening to him talk about where he's from and all this shit. And we get close to my dorm. He's like, oh, this you? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, we should connect sometime. And I'm like, word. And he, like, slips. He, he. Takes, uh, he, he like pulls out a piece of paper, writes his number down, and then he grabs my hand, puts the phone number on my hand, and was like, I'll catch you later, bro. And he, or, bruh. And he like blows me a kiss and then walked off, and I never saw him again. Like, when he walked off, it was like a cloud of smoke and he was gone. And I was like, <laughs> dumbfounded, because I was like, yo, what the fuck just happened? Right? And I was like, blown away. I was like, oh, man. So I called my homegirl and I was like, yo, I think this dude just hit on me. And she was like, how did it make you feel? I was like, it made me feel weird because I didn't know what was happening until it happened. <laughs> and then she she was and she was like, oh, don't, you know, don't worry about it. She was like, he wasn't like super aggressive. I was like, nah, man, he was like really smooth. And she was like, yeah, you know, it kind of happens like that. Now, she was from Vegas, too. So we go to the Lenox Mall one weekend. She's like, yo, I need to go pick up something for some reason. And I'm like, bet, I'll go with you to the mall. Because my boys were like at the gym or some shit. And my other homeboy was like, I'll meet you at the mall. So I was like, I'm going to go with my homegirls to the mall. So we go to Lenox Mall. And we're shopping. And I'm like, yo, I'm a polo guy. I'm like, oh, I want to stop at the polo store. Broke as fuck. So I walk in the polo store. And she's in the other store. And she walks in. And there's this dude. And he's like, can I help you find anything? I'm like, nah. And I leave the store. And she's like, 
um, did you see that guy checking you out? And I'm like, what are you talking about? She was like, just watch. So we go into another store. We go in there. Another dude. Can I help you with anything? It's the same dude, but I'm in a different store now. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? <laughs> right? I'm like, yo. I'm like, nah, bro, I'm okay. So I go up to her, and I'm like, yo, it's him. And she's like, she's like, yeah, I think he's, you know, checking you out. So I'm like, nah. Because, again, this is like the 2000s. And, again, my brain is still not understanding, like, yo, this like, mad gay people out here. And this is, you know, they hang out and kick it. Like, it's not strange to be gay in Atlanta. Back in the, in the 2000s, people, early 2000s, late 90s, people were still kind of like, eh, I'm not going to really tell people I'm gay. But I didn't recognize it. Excuse me. So I walk out of the store. My homegirl goes, I'm going to go to this makeup spot. I was like, cool. She leaves. I'm standing there. Now, I don't know where she is. Like, it's the Lennox Mall. Lennox Mall used to be popping. So I'm like looking in stores. I'm like, yo, where is she? Because I'm trying to get with my homeboy, but I'm not trying to leave her. I don't have a cell phone, so I cannot call her. So I'm like, yo, what am I? I can't find her. Dude stands there and he's like, hey, man, you look like you lost your dog. And I go, hey, man, I ain't got a fucking dog. And he goes, let me help you find your dog. I'll help you. Let's go. Yo, when I tell you that I was like, I just stood because it all came back. I was like, what an odd pickup line. <laughs> I was like, oh. and then I was like, yo, did you think that would work? <laughs> I was like, yo. And he's like, well, I saw you. And then he like straightened up and he was like, yo, I saw you with your girl. So he's like, you know, you, I thought you were gay. You were hanging out with your homegirl at the mall. And my homegirl walks up. And she's like, yo, <laughs> she just starts laughing. She's like, no, he's good. And he, I was like, yo, he just asked me if I if I lost my dog in the mall. Like, I was offended at the pickup line more than anything else. Because why would I fucking have a dog at the mall? So, that's my Linux mall gay story. And I do have one more for y'all listeners out there. There, This is another thing. Like, as we're progressing through Atlanta, me and the boys are like, yo, you know, we figure out this, the gay things. So we're like, all right, cool. Let's go out. So, we go to the club. Kicking at the club. Club's over. Club's over. What do you do? You go to Waffle House, right? Waffle House, pack, can't get in. I'm like, fuck, can't go to Waffle House. Let's go to IHOP, right? Late at night. Has to be like 1, 2 in the morning. Now, my boy drives. So we go to this one by the spot called Varsity. This, this, I always see it on the 85. And I was like, let's go to this IHOP. Cool. It's like five of us. Now, I've, I don't know. Some people have seen the pictures of my boys. These dudes were like model types, right? They were like buff and... You know, I had the curls, but I was obviously like the, the least interesting out of this crew. But <laughs> anyway, it was like a bunch of light skinned dudes. And shout, out, my, shout out to Ramon. Reverse yeah, Ramon, it was me and my boy Ramon, Shawnee, who's an attorney now, Zuri, and my boy Ravon. All light skinned dudes, all curly hair. And two of them like super buff. The other two were tall. And then there was me. So we're all packed up in a Mustang 5.0, the green one. And that's when my boy drove. And we all go to this IHOP. We get out of IHOP, and, you know, we're talking, nah, nah, you know, blah, blah, blah. Man, the club was popping. Now, we're kind of drunk and shit, and we're like, all right. We walk in, and the waitress goes, are you sure you're in the right place? And I'm like, fuck you talking about? And I look, and there's, like, a dude sitting on the table with, like, knee-high boots and heels, like, kicking his heels, sucking on a lollipop. I swear to God, like, I'm not making this up. <laughs> and he's like, mm -hmm. At an IHOP? Yo, at an IHOP. And he's like, he goes, Mm-hmm. That's it right there. And I was like, what? And my boy Shawnee just freaks out. He's like, What's what what what's the problem? What's going on? And the waitress is like, Tonight's gay night at IHOP. 
<laughs> my boy Zuri was like, who the fuck does a K9 out of IHOP? And he like freaks out. <laughs> and theme night. Yeah, and I was like, I and we're looking, and it's just, it's nothing but dudes. There was no women there. Nothing, not even gay women. Just nothing but dudes. And they and it was like we walked in and it was just like feasting time. Cause that's what one of them said. It's feasting time. And I was like, oh shit, we gotta go. And we left. And then we re- realized like, oh, there's gay nights at IHOP. We didn't know this shit. Yeah, Tolerance wasn't yeah. what it was today. We were just like petrified. Cause we were like, how are we supposed to know this shit? They don't have it online. You don't know. We just wanted pancakes. We didn't get pancakes that <laughs> night. We left. <laughs> They didn't have it online. Like, you know, there, was, there was no flyers. Like, there was no flyer. There was like nothing to tell me what was going on. We just decided to go to IHOP. And we walked into IHOP. And then dude was like, it's a feast. And I was like, so confused. So <laughs> that's that was my Atlanta life. But, you know, and when we go back to the dorm and shit, and my boy's like, it's kind of flattering, right? And I was like, yeah, it's, you know. That's, yeah. that's always the thing is like. It's weird because as men, really, we don't get hit on necessarily. Like, social media has changed that a little bit, like, because women talk big shit on social media, right? But it's still not hitting on someone in person. Very rarely are you walking around and someone tries to hit on you in person for you to turn them down or, or not to turn them down, regardless. Like, right. it just doesn't happen often. So when you're in these, like, environments, and a man does hit on you, it does revert to like, it's flattering if you do it politely. If you come at me with some weak ass line or something, it's just like, what? Like you you thought, listen, I'm not interested, but if I was interested and you were going to get me with that weak ass line, so I get where women are like, just utterly just repulsed by guys who are like, yo, what's your sign? Because right. it's like, you, wait, you going to pull me with that weak shit? Get out of here. So it's funny because, yeah, there are these moments where you're just like, there's no anger, not bad. You just be like, yo, that dude was smooth. It's smooth as You're fun. like, I, I need to take some of that game. Like, this, this guy is on to something. So, nah, yeah, that, that shit is hilarious. I've heard, like, gay clubs are wild and fun. Uh, I My godfather tells me stories all the time because growing up in New York, Obviously, he grew up in New York, what, in the 80s. He was a teen in the 80s, um, him and my mom. So he used to sneak out at 17. And this was a time, obviously, gay culture wasn't um, accepted like it is today or, you know, LGBTQ, all this shit. It was a completely different era. And uh, I think it was, like, beginning of the AIDS epidemic. So gay people, like, it was a thing. If you said you were gay, like, people were really looking down at you. So he wasn't like out or anything, but he would sneak out of Long Island and drive. And he was part of like the original drag scene in New York City down in the village. And he would tell me stories and have me laughing for hours, hours about that shit. So um, I could only, I was like, yo, listen, I, I've been drunk in the best of clubs in Vegas. I mean, I've seen some wild shit. I have never seen anything like that. So gay night at IHOP, that's some that's some dope shit that only the gay community could pull off. Duh, they took it over. And get, <laughs> like, and, you know, they, as live, I got, they live a good life. Like they be partying, like yes. so on some real shit, like partying. Yeah, I went to a uh, went to a gay club because uh, one of my homegirls 
this years ago. She was she was gay. And she was like, "Yo, you should go to the gay club." And I was like, "All right, I'll roll with you." And at this point, it's the mid two thousand. I'm like, I don't care. I'm secure with this shit. I don't give a shit. So we go to the club and we're hanging out. It's a group of us and uh, it's a couple of dudes. One gay, I think it's like one gay dude, and it's like a bunch of gay girls. And you know, I'm the straight guy. But I'm not tripping. I'm just hanging out. Music's good. Good house music. I like house music. So go to the bar. And when I tell you that this is the first time I was, there was just like, cats was buying me drinks. And I was like, this is incredible. Because I, I never knew what this felt like. <laughs> I was like, yo, buy me drinks. And, he, and the, the cool thing was, the dude was just like, I'm not buying you drinks because I'm trying to hit on you. I'm buying you drinks because we can tell you're straight and you're cool as shit and you're just hanging out. And I was like, that's the coolest fucking thing ever. It was so cool. I'm telling you. It's, I feel like, my story, we tell a lot of stories here. People be like, yo, your stories are wild. No. Like, I've lived a tame, like, 20 years. Because these stories, boy, that shit, that has me dying. So, no, I understand. Like, Lennox Ball in Atlanta. I wonder how it is now. Because you're like, yo, it's not the same. It ain't the same. It's so tame. Because nobody goes to the mall, Social man. media, you can't do shit like that on social media anymore. Nah, man. Because people are always trying to, like, record something. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dan, or put on ID. Like, you can't even, like, do that because you might end up being viral or, like, someone might take offense. Like, just something stupid for clout. Yeah. Different world, man. You can't do nothing yeah, shit today. Ruined a lot of shit. Damn you, social media. So, nah, that's that's wild. We'll, let's take our break here. When we come back, we gotta talk Ryan Garcia's win, and we gotta preview this weekend's UFC card. In the meantime, Dre, if you need someone to help you find your dog, we can find this man's number. You can just be like, yo, my dog is still lost. Not nah, man. In the meantime, that. if you lose your dog during this break, <laughs> you guys stay right there. We'll be back right after this. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts.
All right, we'll be back to the show in a second. But first, everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll be able to get your show pushed on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. Check out the description box for the episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. All right, just that quick, we are back, and it's time to talk boxing. Fun first segment, by the way. Um, we got to talk about Ryan Garcia and Luke Campbell. First, I forgot in the opening, shout out to honorary reverse Rat Pack member that we lost this past weekend, Paulie. If you guys don't know, uh, Ryan McKinnell, Big Mac, uh, he has a dog. Dog was always around. We recorded shows from Big Mac's house. Paulie was always there. A the cutest bulldog, so friendly, so hype, and uh, we lost him this weekend. So, got to shout out Pauly on the podcast. Honorary member of the Rat Pack and uh, gone, but so many fun times. And it's weird because I'm not a pet person, but I see how people are with their pets. I love other people's pets. I just don't like the responsibility of having them. But uh, when these things happen, it really is like the shit hits hard, like losing a family member. Yeah, indeed. So, uh, Shout out to Ryan, um, you know, coping with this. It's been a tough year for everyone. It's a shitty way to end 2020. So um, shout out to him. Shout out to Pauly. Miss you, Pauly. But let's get into boxing here. And we kicked off the new year, I guess, last week at this point. But Ryan Garcia was the big fight of the new year so far. Came out versus Luke Campbell. Wasn't a title fight, but it's a title eliminator for the WBC. And if, I mean, Ryan Garcia, popularity-wise, we've been talking about him for a long time on this podcast. You yeah. did a story with him, I believe, what, three years ago now? Yeah. And the guy's I, I, only 23. I spent a lot of time with Ryan. Yeah. Um, so at the zone, and, you know, you've you've known Ryan as a boxer, even before all this crazy Instagram, seven, seven million followers and everything. But you knew he had something, something special. But a lot of people don't know him for the boxing ability. This was a big step up for him. And after everything went down, I'll let you touch on the fight itself. But the way everything went down, I'm not sure how people will be able to doubt him as a boxer anymore. Because people don't watch boxing. Look, man. Ryan Garcia obviously faced Luke Campbell, went down in the second, one in the seventh with a, a hell of a body shot. Um, that put Luke Campbell down. He called it like three weeks ago. Uh, but he pulled himself off the canvas after getting hit hard and went on to win the fight. Now, 
For me, the first thing I said was questions are answered. Ryan Garcia just faced a 2012 Olympic gold medalist uh, who went the distance with Vasily Lomachenko, went the distance with Jorge Linares, uh, arguably beat Linares, and took it, got off his ass from being knocked down. It was the only round that he lost. Came back and won with a left hook to the body, which it was beautifully placed, almost as greatly placed as the Fonseca knockout where he feigned a right hand and shot the left over, uh, over the top. This one he went down mm. to the body. And, the, you know, I think all these questions are answered. Like, he's for real. Ryan, stop, cut it out. He's not a social media guy. He is a fighter who can fight, who throws hands, was great power, and also showed great resolve because... People have this weird thing. They were like, oh, he got knocked down by somebody who doesn't hit hard. Or like when people try to like discredit Callum, uh, Callum Smith against Canelo. I'm like, yo, most of y'all have never seen these guys fight, right? Yeah, they always say UK exactly. fighters are bums. And I'm like, stop it. Because you need to watch them fight before you call them a bum. Callum Smith was no bum. Luke Campbell, not a bum. You don't win the 2012 Olympic gold medal by being a bum. He's a good fighter. But then they go, well, he got knocked down. So, you know who used to get knocked down like every fucking fight? Felix Trinidad by everybody. I don't know what it was. <laughs> Tito got knocked down every fight and then would get up and then beat the shit out of you. It was just his thing. He just got knocked down all the time. It's not really, not everybody uh, has like this granite chin is like Gennady Golovkin or Canelo where they just never go down, right? But the other thing is yep. some guys like Mike Tyson, when they hit the ground, they never figured out how to get up. Ryan Garcia, when he went down, I thought it was a wrap because of the way he fell. He was right back in the fight, won the fight. He's for real, guys. I don't see why we're still talking about, I don't know, Javante uh, is going to wash him. I don't know about this. I, I don't, don't know. know about that either. <laughs> it's, it's weird to say because what, did I, what have I continuously said about Javante for the past two years? I need to see him get punched in the mouth one good time. You know who can hit him in the mouth one good time? Ryan Garcia. Yep. Because Leo Santa Cruz was hitting Javante a lot. And Javante, I mean, those was like pillow punches to him. He was also much bigger than Leo. But he was having a hard time with Leo before that knockout. I'm not saying Ryan beats him. I'm just saying this fight is a lot more interesting than most of y'all say. And then, and then I'll let you talk about this. You guys put it up. I asked the question, rank these fighters. And it was Teofimo Lopez, Devin Haney, Vasily, I mean, not Lomachenko. Devin Haney, Ryan Garcia, um, Shakur Stevenson, who am I missing? Tank. Tank. And a lot of people had Devin Haney and like Ryan at the bottom. And I thought that was kind of weird. Because obviously, Tiafimo was number one. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah. He just beat the best fighter in the world. Right now, he's number one. But people looked at Ryan and said, no, nah, like, to put Tank so high off of one knockout, because if y'all remember, he had a hard time with Gamboa until the end of the fight. He also didn't look great when he fought Francisco Fonseca on the undercard of Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather in the co-main event, where he was supposed to look good and he looked like shit. I say that to say, too, I think, that fight. Yeah, but I say that to say this. Stop judging a fighter off of their last performance. Look at the body of work. For people that say Devin Haney is the, the least, the lowest of those five, just because of that Gamboa fight, you got to stop. You got to chill. Because... It ain't, this is much closer than what you guys think, except I think T.O.'s the guy right now. But everybody else, I think any of these guys can win on any, any given night. And when Shakur finally gets up to that weight, he's going to be a problem as well. 
Yeah. This is this is I, a great class of fighters. I think Shakur is the probably the best out of all of them because he can do something the others can't, and that's not be hit. Haney showed a little bit about you know a little bit of that against Gamboa, but it's Gamboa. I've seen Haney take one to the grill, and I was like, oh shit, I think he's gonna go down. Um, so he's been hit before this Gamboa fight, which is kind of the anomaly of things. Um, Diofimo was hit by Lomachenko when Lomo decided to open up. Like, all of these guys can be hit. Gervonta gets hit a lot by small guys. So Shakur doesn't get touched if he doesn't want to be touched. It ain't pretty. Like, he can stand in there and try to go for a knockout like he did last fight when his you know, opposition is clearly not as good as him. And we'll see a lot about Shakur Stevenson in the next year. Because if he goes, you know, Frampton or Jamel Herring, cool, that's a good test, but that's still more fundamental. Frampton's a little bit more of a, a brawler. So maybe Frampton gives him high volume. We see how he does with that. But the one really after that is, you know, Valdez or Burchell. Because both yeah. of them are hitters. Yep. And we'll see. If Shakur can still not get hit, then we got something on our hands. Because what carried Floyd throughout the years, and again, people forget, Pretty Boy Floyd had some close fights. Close in comparison to Floyd, right? Um, like, he had to withstand some punchers on the way up. And when he got in trouble, the defense bailed him out. So I think Shakur has that ability. After that, I mean, for years I thought Devin Haney was the second best. I thought he was better than Teofimo, but, you know, recent circumstances don't allow me to say that anymore. Yeah. It's but, a what have you done for I, me lately business. I mean, honestly, yeah. Devin, maybe he could have beat Lomachenko. We have a different conversation, but that fight didn't happen. I think Who, maybe they all beat Lomachenko. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? But the fact of the matter is when people look at guys and say, Oh, Ryan Garcia can't fight. He got knocked down. Or Tank's going to mop him. And then it's just like, you're just looking at Tank's last fight. These are all really interesting fights. All of them. All You interchange all these guys. Devin Haney versus Tiafima Lopez. Very interesting fight. That fight should happen next. I think it's going to be Cambosis, but that fight should happen. Because we got to figure out this WBC shit. And getting in a real yeah. undisputed. I, I think... Cambosis happens next, I think, obviously. You have crowds in Australia. Yeah. They've kind of wrangled in the Rona. So you go out there, you sell out a stadium, him versus Cambosis. That's a great fight. Um, you have the Maloney rematch. You throw that on the co-main, printing money out there. Right? So that's that's a smart move. And then we looking, we're looking at the summer. So if Haney wants to fight him in the summer, that's a possibility. I think, in the meantime, Devin Haney should fight... Uh, Fonseca himself, I think. Yeah, is it Fonseca? Not Fonseca. Or, um, shit. There was someone Haney should fight. I forgot who, uh, who was Ryan Garcia supposed to fight, but it didn't happen. Linares. He fought on the Lunares. Excuse yeah. me. So Haney should fight Lunares next. Yeah, I mean, he's got to fight somebody. That's a legit name. So give me Haney Lunares and give me. The other fight for, you know, uh, for Theo. And then if Theo beats Cambosis, Haney beats Linares, which is a big step up for Haney, then cool. Then they meet in the summer. And I think that's, you know, they're both pretty big for that division. 
Yeah. So I think maybe that's, you know, the winner's last fight at 135. Because there's only so much benefit to being undisputed, you know? So you got to drop it so you can still have titles to go up and challenge for the next titles. And I think Diofimo's kind of under the clock because top rank will have an undisputed champion. You know, probably in the middle of this year. So before they each have a million mandatories, it's smart to jump up and try to challenge them. Yeah, I just ultimately it's a it's a good time for boxing. There are some good fights that are possible. Now, I guess my question to you is: Should Ryan Garcia and Javante Davis happen next? Next is a tough one. Um, I don't think it should happen immediately. And I know people are like, this is boxing's problem. They're going to wait eight years to fight. No, I'm not telling them to wait eight years to fight. I just don't think it should happen next. Based on we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Shout out to Twitter. In the middle of a panorama. Right? Like, you try to get a crowd there. You try to get a gate. You try to make it the fight that it is. Yes, you will sell pay-per-views. And, you know, DAZN or, um, at this point, Golden Boy, we'll see what DAZN has to say about this, uh, they might have to do kind of the same deal they did with Canelo, where you sell pay-per-views and give people three months or whatever, and then allow uh, Showtime to do whatever they want with Tank and do a normal pay-per-view setup. People buy whichever one they want. So they have to figure out how that would work to make these two get in the ring. So it's a lot of complications for these two companies to work together, not on a event, but on a pay-per-view event. So when you have those and you got to iron those out, well, it's going to take five, six months to do that? For what? Let them stay active. Let, I still want to see Javante against someone who is 135 pounds. Like, really? Because you look at Ryan Garcia, he is taller than Canelo. Yes. Let's get 5'10", 5'11", 135 pounds. He's going to grow out of division here shortly. Take his 5'8". Like, take take his fighting set of Cruz, whose best times are, were at 130, maybe even 126. Gamboa is probably the only true lightweight and above, you know, bigger built guy he's fought. And it took him to the 12th round to get him out of there. And the man had one leg. So let me see how you deal with someone who's an actual lightweight. And in the meantime, in in the same mold, you can then have Ryan put on another showcase, have him get another knockout. I think you keep him fresh. And Ryan still needs to learn something. Because we saw that. Like, he's still green in areas. The footwork ain't there. The head movement ain't there. His head is on the line. That scares me to death. So... I think they can both benefit during this pandemic from having one more fight, getting, you know, getting the crowd, building it up, have them at each other's fights. You park Ryan front row at Tanks, you put Tank front row at Ryan. So you're not losing the buzz. You could bring one of them into the ring. Do that to keep it and hope that in September you will be able to draw a crowd. Yeah. So, no, it shouldn't be next. Financially, it shouldn't be next. I don't think it should be next because the goddamn Ryan Garcia-Luke Campbell fight was a WBC eliminator. And the mandatory it's the mandatory for Devin Haney. Yeah. 
I think it should be Ryan Garcia and Devin Haney. Somebody needs to get a belt, right? For what? Well, here's the re- here's Tio what. has the belts. He doesn't. Devin have- Haney got a paper championship, no, which is fine. W- but Devin Haney has the WBC title. Devin Haney beat Mike Gardner for that title. I don't like, care. Your band was franchised. I don't care. The, the, the fact of the that, matter that's is. That's fucking ridiculous in itself. That's, Loma never that, lost the title. Hence, Theofimo has the legit title. He didn't send him a franchise title. They sent him the legit ass dude, title. He can't, you can't do that. You can't like. You bring that up to Suleiman. You can't. Yes, never bring that gave up it to back Suleiman. to Haney. Because and Haney was, was stripped and then made a hoopla. Last year when he was going through surgery and said, I want my belt back. I don't want to be interim. You should have never gave him the belt back. Why? The reason why Lomachenko, why did Lomachenko get franchised? He beat like the 12th ranked why, guy in the WBC. Why did Lomachenko get franchised? <coughs> I don't know why Lomachenko. Because he didn't fight Devin Haney. He vacated oh, the title. I was like, wait. De- I was like, I don't know why he got franchised. Devin was the mandatory for the WBC title. Lomachenko didn't fight Haney. It vacated the title, and then Devin got it through a, a fight that the WBC called for. You can't just give the title back after it gets vacated. So Devin Haney is the rightful owner of the WBC title. Call it email, call it whatever you want. It is what it is. It is the WBC title. That's fair. He beat a gardener for it. Don't matter. I mean, shit. Who did Adrian Broder beat for his titles? They still call them titles, right? Doesn't matter. I also don't beat. defend that. Shut up. They're still titles. <laughs> The fact of the sure. matter is, like, when we talk about the heavyweight division, we talk about the titles. doesn't matter who they beat to get these fucking titles. They have the titles. Sanctioned bodies are full of shit. WBC especially because they have a belt for everything. But they should have never franchised Lomachenko because franchise is dumb to begin with. And it doesn't make any sense and it just confuses people more because you can't defend it and you can't lose it until you decide to say, well... Maybe when when he beat uh, Lopez beat Lomachenko, we'll give it to him. Now. You can't do that. You already gave it to Devin Haney. You can't do that shit. So Devin Haney holds the WBC title. Ryan Garcia, the WBC mandated the Campbell Garcia fight as an interim title fight for Devin Haney's WBC title. So guess what the next fight should be? Devin Haney versus Ryan Garcia, and then guess who the winner should fight? Tiafimo Lopez. Yeah, it's it's going to be rough because Teofimo's not staying that long. Dude, they could Ryan Garcia and Devin Haney can fight in May. Yeah, they can fight tomorrow. That's true. That's the easiest fight to make. Right? Like if we're talking about possible matchups, that's the easiest one to make. I mean that same company, same banner, same network, easy. Easy money right there. But it's not what Ryan wants because, honestly, that doesn't earn him the money of a tank fight right now. No, but the thing right? is, it's not, it's not the match. It's not maximizing his popularity against an established pay-per-view fighter. And while I agree, the ch- again, and the, the dangerous part about this is you could lose to Devin Haney, and all this shit goes up in smoke for now. For now, which is ridiculous. That's my next point. I. I put out something on ringside where I was like, is this the new, like, you know, Fab Four, if you want to call them the Four Kings, whatever, from the 80s, right? Are we seeing that with these four lightweights? And uh, Shakur took offense because I didn't put him in there. Shakur, you're not a lightweight. So outside of that, though, with these four, people were like, blasphemous. How dare you put them in the same subject? Like, 
excuse me, when was it too early to start talking about the four kings being the four kings? Because I'm pretty sure they fought at like 23 years old. They were young. Er. Yeah, I mean, Ray Leonard was 23. Yes. Retired at like 24. Came back. I mean. After he lost to Durant. Ray Leonard was full of shit. If, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that was a shitty retirement. But he was like 23, 24 when he lost and then returned. So it's not like you look at the accomplishments, and it's not to downplay what those fighters did in the 80s because, what, those fighters have two of my top five of all time within them. So I, I get it. But you got to recognize what these kids are doing now. You have... A near undisputed champion. All right, so you don't want to say undisputed. Fuck it. You have a unified champion. Guy has three belts. And Teofimo Lopez in 16 fights. 23 years old. You have Devin Haney, who's 21 with another title. You have a two-division champion, Tank Davis, at 25 already. And Ryan Garcia, who just beat an Olympian, Olympic gold medalist, knocked him out. Like, their accomplishments are long for being 23, 21, 25. Their, their accomplishments would be great if they were 33. So there's no reason not to compare them to those guys. And then the other thing, when I bring all that up, people say, well, they have to fight each other first. Cool. But if one loses, what, do you, what are you going to say? Because in the 80s, Ray Leonard lost, came back, and then had the Nomas fight, which made... Him and Roberto Duran's legends forever. But if he lost and he buried him, what? You don't want to see a rematch? Dude, like Floyd, what? Floyd fucked the game up. <laughs> he really did. Like So Ryan Garcia goes and he loses Tank. Devin Haney's never going to fight him because he lost? Because that's the mindset of people nowadays. Oh, why am I going to fight Ryan? He lost the Tank. Oh, no, that's it. Like, no, my man, he lost the Tank. But if y'all are the four best, he could come whoop your ass. And then you could whoop Tank's ass. Or you could have a trilogy. Like many of these guys had. Like Leonard Hearns. You had Hagler Hearns. Like you, you have all these different matchups. People lost at different weights at different times. I think someone told me I didn't count it. I think someone told me they fought like 11 times between the four. Like, cool. But you got to take a lot of L's between each other to do that. Will the fans let these four take those L's? Like, if they don't lose to nobody else but each other, will people then discredit them? See, there's so many things here, right? Yes, there was a time in boxing where, you know, it was the biggest sport, and you say the best fight the best. But let's be clear about something here. Sugar Ray Leonard fought Roberto Duran. Lost the first fight. Won the Nomas fight. He fought Tommy Hearns, I think it was a year later, Right. And then he didn't fight Marvin Hagler until 1987, which was seven years after he fought Roberto Duran. When they all grew, outgrew the weight class and everything had changed. And clearly, Hagler obviously was bigger than everybody else, right? But what Ray Leonard did is he retired in fucking Hagler's face on stage in the boxing ring when everybody thought he was going to call Hagler out. So when I hear people talking about these guys don't fight each other, Ray did the same shit. He did the same goddamn thing. When he fought Roberto Duran in the rematch, what a lot of people, 
Kel, you may know this, but what a lot of people don't know is the reason why Ray Leonard fought that fight in what was it, July, August, September, October, November. For like five months later, they had the rematch. Do you remember why they had that rematch five months later? Yeah, because Duran started drinking and eating himself out of the weight class, and Ray Leonard was like, "Got him." Exactly. Ray Leonard <laughs> knew Duran used to get fat between fights, yep. and when the rematch was offered, he took it on five months because he knew that Duran was already back home drinking and well overweight. So by the time Duran hit camp, he had to cut like 30 pounds. Ray stayed in shape. And when y'all talk about Floyd Mayweather, like cherry picking fights and all that shit, Ray Leonard did the same thing occasionally. He took fights, like he masterminded his way through fights. These young fighters, they're all under 25 with the exception of Tank, who's 26. They're going to fight, I think, as long as they fight each other, and as long as it isn't seven years from now, as long as we don't get another Mayweather-Pacquiao type deal, it's okay. And if they lose, so what? Duran beat Leonard. I don't want to say handily, but he won that first fight. Duran won that fight. And then they had the rematch. But it never charnished Roberto Duran because most still consider Roberto Duran to be the greatest lightweight of all time. Yep. And they fought at welterweight by this time because Durant was just getting bigger. But Hagler, a lot of people considered him the greatest middleweight of all time. They weren't all in the same weight class. Fights are going to happen. But, yes, we want to see him fight. But don't let Floyd Mayweather fuck y'all up. Between the undefeated record and the Pacquiao fight, don't think that that's what's going to happen with every fight. This is the reason why I say Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia can fight now because who cares? They can fight again later on down the line. It's not like they can't get better. Fought six times in the amateur, split right. three and three. Right, and you listen to Devin; he lo- he won the last three. So conventional wisdom <laughs> says, "Listen to Devin; he won them all." <laughs> I know. If you listen to Devin, he does say he won them all. <laughs> but these guys can fight. Whoever loses, who cares? As long as they they pick themselves up and win a few fights, right back in it, or an immediate rematch. Who knows? Whatever it is, Tank. If he fights, I feel like Tank in a strange ways the odd man out on this because he's with PBC. He is the card holder, and I think the biggest issue is money. When Ryan comes to the table and is like, and, pay, and Tank, you know, PBC is like, well, you know, Tank's the, uh, the pay-per-view attraction. And Ryan's going to be like, so? Golden Boy's going to be yep. like, so? This is going to be the biggest fight that Javante could take. And I still think, just like Arrow's been trying to 70-30-64 Terrence Crawford, they're going to try to do the same shit to Ryan Garcia. And that's a bad idea. No, I think, honestly, I think Ryan might take a 60-40. Because he's going to make so much outside of the ring that it doesn't even yeah, but it, equate to the kid. And the 40, I, I have full confidence that Golden Boy, not sure about zone, but Golden Boy now can't lose him. So they will take care of him however they want outside of that deal. Yeah, nah, I don't know. See, I don't know if Ryan's going to be comfortable being the B-side and a 60-40 split. Oh, I, I think he takes that. Because, I mean, says, dude, you ha- it up. he has a social media following that trumps all of them. Yeah. Honestly, I think he can beat him. And I, I think he knows he can beat him. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think he'll take 60-40 because that then makes him a not just the attraction that he is, a pay-per-view attraction. And I, Tank was very focused for this Leo Santa Cruz fight. The most focused I've seen him in his career. But Tank... Goes in and out of this focus. He seems to still be focused. He's down in Miami um, helping Broner prepare for his return. Yeah. So Tank is, but he's staying in the gym. 
without a fight announced, without anything. He's sparring. He's training. The weight is down. I like that. But the measurables, everything else, you don't know how he's going to take a punch. You've seen him be down on the cards and be okay looking for the big shot. I think you look at all of this together and Ryan's like, yo, I think I could beat him. And if I beat him, I'm going to make one hell of a statement. Give me 60-40 now because I'll never be a B-side again. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. I, I think there's- And then he's like, yo, give me like three more Instagram sponsorships because really that's where my money comes from. I mean, yeah, he <laughs> like dog. sure. Let's let's rack up the Instagram sponsorships because then in the end, I'm gonna make more promoting this fight off of Instagram than I would have battling for a fifty fifty split. Yeah, I mean, Ryan is that. Some people got mad because I was like, he is the future of boxing. He like the future of boxing is in his hands. He's like, no, what about Tank? I was like, no, 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 it's Ryan mm. because he unlocks a, a universe that doesn't give a shit about boxing, and they tune in. Like, I know over at The Zone, they broke every record of every fight. Even, dude, Anthony Joshua has the biggest fight in UK history. Ryan Garcia still was, like, smashing that shit because everybody watched that fight. He's, yeah. he's a star. And in the sense that he gives you, he is the bridge into another dimension. <laughs> like, of fans, potential fans who will watch whatever he does and may be like, you know what, I like boxing now. Right? Like, that's what he gives you. Like, Javante, he gets, like, black folks involved who don't really, like, Javante's, but, like, Ryan Garcia is the, like, he's becoming the Super Bowl of boxing. Where everybody and him and Javante is the perfect storm. It is. Because it, you get the, the black folk, you get the party atmosphere, you get the, the young TikTok crowd, you get all the hip-hop people who love fucking Javante, and, you know, you get, like, the... The baby, or excuse me, little baby, and all these guys. You get all of them. Ryan brings out, you know, the the other demographic, the pop stars. Yeah, the pop oh, stars. I mean, perfect. The, you know, Canelo's there, so you got the Mexican community. That's the other yeah. reason why this fight can't happen. So we can have people in the arena. Exactly. It, you're you're losing too much money. That's a stadium fight before you can have fans. That's oh, that's a easily. stadium fight. Like that's easily. a fight I want to be at just for the urban loitering. That's bigger than T-Mobile. Like yeah. you damn near put that in that's a legion. in the Raiders Stadium. Yeah, that's a legion. Yeah. Like it's man, that's a lot of money that they can't give up. So um we talked a lot about Ryan Garcia uh longer than I thought we would. Let's give our predictions for the upcoming UFC card. Because on our last segment, we still have to hand out our twenty twenty awards, which we haven't done yet for boxing and MMA. So, real quick, we're gonna run down this upcoming card. It is UFC on ABC. Big deal. It is on national television. I think this is smart for UFC, first in and foremost, to do this and to get more eyes. And I think it's a good card for casuals to watch. So I I really like it. Um, The first of three coming from Fight Island. So real quick, we'll go through the main card. Uh, We have Joaquin Buckley. Versus Alessio Di Shariccio. I mean, I think I got that. I gotta, I gotta pick Buckley, right? Like, how can, I, how can I not pick Buckley? I mean, especially because he's fighting Buckley. a guy who's lost three in a row. This is like a squash match in my head. <laughs> no, I mean, just a knockout machine lately for Buckley. His last loss was uh, he was stopped by Kevin Holland. Yes, who was on to win hell of a run. 
So I, I think this is a good showcase fight, good action fight, great for TV. So yeah, give me Joaquin Buckley on that one. Then they're going to play that highlight over and over and over mm -hmm. in the lead up of it, his knockout highlight. So that's just smart marketing by them. And then we have uh, Ponzinibbio versus Li Jian Liang. That's going to be fight of the night. And I don't know. Ponzinibbio was always really exciting before. He had a good run. He'd just been gone for so long. I'm picking Ponzinibbio. I think I'm taking him too, but that's a long time outside of the ring. Yeah, I mean, he's been gone for, uh, was it two, two years? years? Two, and a, two years and like three months? So I'm taking I'm taking Ponzinibbio because the guy was on a collision course with a title fight at one point. So why would that yep. change now? Yes, Yi Jiliang is good, but uh, it's Ponzinibbio time, baby. Ponzinibbio is on an eight-fight winning streak. Hasn't lost since June 27, 2015 to Lorenz Larkin. Yes, yeah, that's... Yeah. Lorenz Larkin, I don't even know if he still fights for Bellator. He still fights. But that's what, to, like, Lorenz was on one hell of a streak back then. Ponzinibbio hasn't lost in almost six years. So, yeah, now nah, I'll take him too. And then Coleman, Carlos Condit versus Matt Brown. Man. A fight that would have been amazing in 2014. I can't believe these two have never fought. When they announced this fight, they was like, for the first time, I was like, dude, they didn't do this fight like a <laughs> decade ago? No, they didn't. Yeah. We're doing it now. I got to take Carlos Condit. Because I would have picked Carlos Condit then. I'm going to pick him now. Even though they're both watched up, I always thought Carlos Condit was a better fighter. Yeah. And Matt Brown always goes out on a shield. There's going to be a lot of color in this match. Yeah. They're going to bleed. Yeah, so this is going to be one where people are like, yo, this is on TV? Like, just national TV? Like, yeah, it's going to make you real uncomfortable. But I'm taking Carlos Condit, too. I like it. Condit actually looked okay in his last fight. The best I've seen him look in, in years. You know, so that, that's I a funny, it's a funny fight that, that uh, I would fully expect. If somebody told me this and I hadn't watched, like, the UFC in, like, a year, I'd be like, oh, this is a Bellator headliner? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, but listen, UFC's flipping Bellator headliners into co-mans. So they're they're doing something right. Um, main event, Max Holloway versus Calvin Qatar. Give me Max, but damn, good spot for Max to headline. A lot of eyes on Max. And I thought he won the title fight last time. Like, I, I scored that fight for him. He should be champ again right now. So it's going to be a second for him to get another shot because it's back-to-back -back losses in title fights. Like, he can't there's no justification putting him right back in so he got to beat some people and uh let the division clear out underneath him so yeah give me max holloway to win this yeah i'm picking max as well but i think it's gonna be a hell of a fight because calvin cater's boxing has been in incredible his last couple of fights um and i think he's only lost as a beat so it's like pfft, lately that's that's kind of a watch so i think this will be a really good fight um it'll be a matter of uh volume punching and that's what max does best right and Calvin, mm -hmm. as he's got great head movement, he's got great striking. Um, but I just think that Max will just be the busier fighter. Calvin might be sharper early, um, but I think this will be a really fun fight. And Max loves these kind of fights. He doesn't. Yeah, he, and I think he goes twenty five. Yeah, he ain't got to worry about somebody wrestling him. So I think he's good. Like he's this is going to be a straight up striking match, and it's a good headliner, very good headliner. Real quick before we take our final break. Um, which we haven't talked about. Your boy Dana White. 
put out that video, yes. which we never talked about. We hadn't had a chance to really talk about him putting out that video, like grabbing his dick, basically saying, yeah, I told the media, fuck the media, and I brought all these fights back. <laughs> it was like I had never had so many MAGA people in my mentions. Yes, I have. No, stop lying. The Kobe Covington got knocked out. That was something else. Um, but, I, <laughs> dog, my mentions were in shambles for a week because I, I was like, this is ridiculous. This is like, this is yeah. terrible. What was that? Probably two weeks ago. Look how much shit has changed in two weeks. You went from that video where it was almost prime Magadena to now they took Trump off of UFC Fight Pass. We kind of had They to. took the documentary down. All this. Like, a lot of shit has changed in two weeks. But we know what the fan base is. We know. Um, and it's not even. Listen, I watched the video. It's not even Dana being like MAGA Dana. Like, to me, it was just Dana being Dana, and it's Dana is always in competition with something. It, it's what makes Dana Dana, the good and the bad. And he has decided that he was in competition with the media. <laughs> Which is the most ridiculous thing ever because... It fueled him, though. So when he, quote-unquote, won it, and the numbers were great for the UFC this year and they hit their numbers to get the ESPN money and they did all this and didn't miss a beat. He beat on his chest because it was a, he, in his mind, if he didn't, the media would have crushed him. So the fact that he did, he won. He's so stupid. And it's like, yo, it's not a competition. Like we don't get paid without your sport. So we're not shitting on you or your sport. We're just calling a spade a spade. And, your sport needs us to get those numbers. Yeah, but let, let's like talk about the real nitty gritty of it, and then we'll just take the break. This, the, what, when all this was happening, is when he tried to go to Tai Chi Palace. When he tried everything in his power, he kept telling people, "No, nah, the fight with Fer, uh, Ferguson Khabib's gonna happen," and people were like, "No, it's not." And he was like, "Yes, it is. April fifteenth." Remember, this is where all like all the media clips that he took was from this, because yeah. nobody knew what. The, what uh, COVID was at this point We just knew it was killing people And it was spreading quickly And people were like it might not be a good idea To have a fight right now Especially as bad as we want to see Khabib versus Tony Don't do it Then he tried to go to Tai Chi Palace And then who stepped in Fucking Mickey Mouse And was like no dude cut it out That's yep. what happened This wasn't the media's fault It was so much uncertainty And then when he finally did it And got Fight Island Because a lot of us were still like God that's fucking You got a lot of money Going, you got you buying a fucking island. These fighters still making twelve and twelve. That's crazy. But nobody really said shit. I just knew I wasn't going to go to a fight. But the media wasn't after him. They were at the fights. Yeah. I just didn't understand where Dana was. Just like the media was against me. That didn't happen. The confusion no. was against you because nobody knew what COVID was. Nobody could figure it out. And people were dying. That's that's it. Yeah, I mean, at that time, it seemed irresponsible. It, yes, exactly. Pulled it off. For a period of time, responsibly, they've had a very shaky past two months. They had then like that video didn't talk about Khabib's dad dying. Didn't talk about all the fights that they lost to COVID. They didn't talk about any of that shit. It was just like we successfully did. And yes, for your bottom line in the business, it was successful. And you guys did great COVID testing protocols, and you've done a great job without spreading into the public. Like you guys have held events, like hell or high water. Dana was going to do this, but at the beginning. When ESPN and Disney had to step in and was like, cut it the fuck out. That wasn't the media. That was you being hard-headed. On April 15th, you wanted to hold that UFC 247, I think. 
April 15th, you wanted to have that fight and you were willing to go to like an Indian reservation with no jurisdiction in order to have that fight. That was not the media, Dana. That was Disney. <laughs> and that's bigger than anybody in the media. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Okay, Dana can't cut a promo on Disney. Nah, man. You know, Disney's cutting the checks. So the media gets the promo. Uh, let's go to break. When we come back, we're going to give our 2020 awards for boxing MMA because we haven't done that yet. So you guys stay right there. We'll be right back. We'll get right back to the show in a second, but first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going an extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, it's the home stretch. We are back handing out our 2020 awards for boxing and MMA. If you guys didn't check out our show last week, we did the first half of the Corner Podcast Awards for 2020, which was pro wrestling. That was really fun. But now we got to round it out with boxing and MMA. So, Dre, it won't take us too long to get through all of these, but I feel like we're going to have different opinions on a good amount of them. Hmm. So let's start in boxing first up. Fighter of the year for 2020. Oh, that's easy. It's Teofimo Lopez. It's no question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Teofimo Lopez. Yeah, I'm going to pick Teofimo. Or excuse yeah. me, men, male fighter of the year. Because we'll yeah. also do women's fighter of the year. I mean, no. it's this is To me, it's a no-brainer. Like People talk about Tyson Fury, but Teo just beat a guy who he's a heavy under... Well, he's a pretty big underdog against. Who was arguably the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world. And he beat him. Is there any other person that comes close to this? I don't think so. No, Tyson Fury would be the the other one, but no. I mean, again, that was a rematch. A lot of people thought Tyson Fury, even though he got knocked down twice in the first fight, won it still. So people knew, like, okay, if he doesn't get knocked out, he can probably win this fight. No one expected him to stop Deontay Wilder. So I understand how, like, Ring Magazine gave them a split. But to me, Teofimo, I mean, outside his dad... And I predicted the shit, but even then, like, a lot of people just didn't see it happening. No, I didn't. Especially how it happened. Yes. Where you outclass, you know, a world-class technician. So, no, I think uh, Teofimo is the men's fighter of the year for boxing. Women's fighter of the year. You go first. I've differed from every poll I've seen, every publication, everything. My... Women's Fighter of the Year is Jessica McCaskill. That's what I picked. Oh, shit. I thought we would... I mean, it was Katie Taylor across the board everywhere. So. I know. But Jessica but, beat the woman that a lot of people thought was the number one pound-for-pound women's fighter in the world. So I'm correct. giving it to Jessica McCaskill. Yes, Katie Taylor, but she did have a hard time with Delphine Pursun. She was busier, but the biggest win came from Jessica McCaskill. I agree. I mean, I didn't have 
Breckis is the number one fighter in the world. Well, I mean, Clarissa Shields exists. But um, still, you beat a top three fighter. Yes. Took all the titles. Like, you, when no one really gave you a chance, and I thought that was, you know, shit, that upset might have been bigger than Teal's upset, upset if we're keeping it real. It's pretty big. Like, that came out of nowhere. So, I like that. I love the scenery of that fight, by the way. Like, I tell you all the time. Like, the zone crushed that shit. Um, outdoors. And I can't wait for the rematch. But, yeah, I think Jessica's my women's fighter of the year. What do you have as best fight of 2020? Come on, man. It's about a branching. Like, this, there's no question what the best <laughs> fight of last year was. It's one of the best fights I've ever seen. Yes. Fight. Yeah, no, this is a part of Baranchik is my number one. Shout out to people who are hitting me up on Twitter because ringside um, Teofimo Loma was voted number one. Yeah, but we did um, Twitter polls, so it was our followers who voted for the awards. Goofs. Come on, man. You can't so, call yourself a boxing fan if you did not watch the part of Baranchik, especially after the fight. When you heard about it, you have to go back and watch it. Exactly. No, it's a part of Baranchik came in second. But it was a distant second. That's it was something crazy. like 40. It was 44. Zapata Baranchik was 27. That's crazy. 44%, 27%. Like, that, listen, yeah. I lo- like, T.O. Loma was a great fight, you know. But Loma didn't do anything for the first five rounds. How's this fight no. of the year? Yeah, no, it was, it was a great moment. Right. But it wasn't the fight of the year. No. Yeah. Zapata Baranchik was that. I mean, looking at it, Dillian White was my second. Right. That, my number two, if I had to vote. Him, Povetkin, number two. And then the one we just saw, um, which was a fucking hell of a fight, uh, Verdejo. Yes. That that was that fight was fucking crazy. Shit, that was the end of last year. <laughs> I don't think we're yeah, on yeah. 2021. Yeah, okay. No, that was in December. So the Verdejo fight was probably the third, but great fights. Last year, um, yeah, Zapata Baranchik definitely takes the cake. Best knockout of the year. For me, Zapata Baranchik. As much as I love the Javante knockout of Leo Santa Cruz, and I'm not mad if anybody picked it, the drama of Zapata Baranchik and the way Baranchik hit the canvas, that's my knockout of the year. And Yeah, I mean... Because people thought he died. Yeah, like, he, they thought he died. And it, <laughs> there had been so many knockdowns at this point. And if I remember correctly, I think Zapata was stunned for a second prior to this knock, that knockout. If I'm trying to remember this round correctly. But that's my that's that's my knockout of the year. I love Javante. But I, and a lot of people forget the Dillian White, Alexander Povetkin knockout. Because that was ridiculous. Because that was another one. Povetkin was dead to rights. Came out, uppercut, dead man. Yep. But, yeah. Zapata knocking out Branch is my knockout of the year. All right, my knockout of the year is Javante Davis, Leo Santa Cruz. Not mad. No, because he killed a man. The commentary with Morrow and everyone, and then like just saying he won't go down, and boom, sleep. And the way he left him, where he was underneath the turnbuckle, out. Yeah, like that shit was crazy. It's impressive, man. Very impressive. Yeah. So I mean, that's my knockout of the year. I don't know. Joe Smith Jr. had one hell of a knockout, too. He did, but man. But he constantly just puts people through the ropes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think it was against Alvarez. Put Alvarez through the ropes. I was like, oh, my God. Um, And then, of course, people don't talk about it because it was a gross mismatch. But the women's fight 
on the zone. <laughs> and you see Estrada. Had, yeah, Estrada. Being the soccer knocked mom. Knocked the chick out. Uh, yeah. And then the chick had mom on her shorts, but ended up being knocked out cold yeah. in the camera angle. Ended up saying, wow. Like, when you get knocked the fuck out and then your trunk say, wow. Yeah. That moment's just impeccable. Yeah, yeah. And Estrada just <laughs> wrecked her. It's but so it's, yes, you can't really talk about that one because it was a horrible mismatch. Obvious, uh, reportedly set up by the woman's ex-husband. Sent her in there to take an ass whooping. Yeah, it was bad. Cold-blooded. So, yeah, those are uh, a couple of my knockouts of the year. But Tank takes the cake from me. 2020, the best prospect of 2020. Come on. This is the e- this might be the easiest one. Berlanga. I like it. Um, this is where I differ from everyone. What? Berlanga, the streak is amazing. Um, I've seen better knockouts from Berlanga last year than I saw this year. This year he overwhelmed people with volume, the TKOs. That shit was nuts. Um, fought a lot in the bubble. That was great. His better performances came last year in terms of highlight reel knockouts. This year was volume. People were just shook, so they're just scared to death. Uh, my pros- And he would be my number two, and I like Edgar Berlanga a lot, but I think my prospect of the year is Elvis Rodriguez. No. He was starching. To- he-, he knocked out a kid with a jab, broke his orbital. Yeah, but Berlanga... Not- then came back and hit the dude with the meanest two-piece in a soda. I've ever seen just lined it up, bang! Does the fucking Elvis guitar after Elvis Rodriguez would be my prospect of this year? Yeah, no, nah, I can't go against Belanga. I mean, the dude didn't get out of the first round, and he knocked out people. I at, mean, it's very impressive. I'm just saying, I just he, think Belanga's fights were more impressive this year overall. Yeah, like, well, I, I mean, they really like That's but. the thing, though. They were more impressive in 2019 because he was fighting lesser opponents. In 2020, he beat guys who had never been knocked down before in the first round. True. So, yeah, it's not going to be as impressive. Sinesia Estrada just knocked out a mom. And the reason she got that knockout is <laughs> because it was a mom. Berlanga wasn't fighting moms. Linnell Bellows had never been stopped before. The last yep. dude had never been stopped before. Got washed in the first round. To me, there's no question he's a prospect of the year with the biggest the, 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 the stock pointing north. Because people are already talking about him fighting Canelo. Which yeah, is I mean, wild. he called out... Um, Gabe Rosado, who's let's just came off of one hell of a fight. Yeah, let's do it. Against Daniel Jacobs. I, I would love to see him versus Gabe. He was like, yo, Puerto Rican Day weekend in New York. Like, if shit could open up and they fight at MSG, second week of June, you will see me out there with a fucking a nutcracker in one hand and a bacalaito in the other. Dude. Covering that fight. Because it's on and popping. That's a fight I would love to see because Rosado's not coming to have any type of defense. No, he's coming to fight, and this is what you want to see. But Belonga, I mean, you know, people are pushing him a little bit too fast in terms of fighting Canelo. But look, man, until somebody gets out of the first round. I really like, like for him to fight. If, if, if he beats Gabe Rosado <laughs> like, in the first round, pff, all right, cool. Oh, yeah, it's over then. Daniel like, Jacobs next? I also want, no, I also want to see him fight Chavez Jr., who's been talking mad shit. Well, you say what you want. That's a, that's a big fight by name only. Yeah, and it's I Mexican and Puerto Rico, too. Mexico versus Puerto Rico yeah. is always going to bring him out. I think that's that's good money right there. You don't leave that on the table. Sure. And, uh, you know, uh, Chavez Sr. works for ESPN Deportes in Mexico. Yeah, sure. Why not? So, nice little promo. I like it. I think that would be 
a cool fight for him this next year. But splitting hairs, there, I wish I could just split the award. If I had the choice, I would split the award, give it to both of them. Um, next up, trainer of the year for 2020. Mm. This was the toughest category of any, by the way, in my mind, looking at it, because there was legit three people who could win it multiple yeah. See, and you'll be okay. I would have picked Reynoso if Ryan fought on December 31st, but he didn't. <laughs> no, but Ryan had one hell of a fight last February. Yes. He had that knockout last February. Knockout. Yes. Yep. But. So, I mean, Ryan had a big win. No, you're right. But Derek James got Errol Spence out off of a goddamn life-threatening car accident, and he ran roughshod over Danny Garcia. Derek James is a hell of a trainer. I'm going to give it to Derek James. As much as I like Eddie Reynoso, I'm going to give it Charles. to Derek. Yes, the Charles as well. Um, but he, he's got a great he's got a great stable. And if I if I'm thinking correctly, did any of his top fighters lose this year? No. I'm thinking. No, I don't think so. Yeah, Derek James is my trainer um, here. Yeah, Derek James. I mean, the stable counts for something, right? Like Teofimo Lopez Senior has has a claim. Like they put together a game plan that stopped the Matrix. Like that's wildly impressive. Um, same thing, in my opinion, and it seems like a whole different year, right? Because it was pre-Rona. But when Tyson Fury decided to leave Ben Davidson and go to Sugar Hill. And Kronk boxing. I was like, what the fuck is he doing? I was like, he's going to get knocked out. He's crazy. And the game plan put together by Sugar Hill and Tyson Fury completely changed the outcome of that second fight and what Fury did to Wilder. And Sugar Hill doesn't get enough credit because it seems like that was in an alternate universe three years ago. But that game plan was so impressive. That Fury went in there and bullied Wilder and knocked him the hell out. He had to throw in the towel he was beating his ass so much. Dented the man's face. A lot of that is because of Sugar Hill. So he has a claim as well. But I'll give it to Derek James. Yeah. Like Derek, you, you have Spence coming back, which was amazing. Then, of course, you have the Charlos unifying the title. Just one Charlo. J- Jamel. Oh, Charlo at 154. Um, Jamal still keeping his title with an impressive victory at 160. Well, Jamal's not with Derrick James anymore. What? Yeah, he's been gone. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought they both trained Jamal. together. No, no, no. They trained for a while and then Jamal left. But Jamal's been with Derrick James. And what I, the reason why I gave the nod to Derrick James, not just because of the Errol Spence thing, but with Jamal, we've seen, like, the thing is, like, with Tyson Fury and Sugar Hill, as much as I give credit to Sugar Hill, the thing about guys like Tyson Fury, Andre Ward, they're so good that I it's kind of hard to give a ton of credit to the trainer. Whereas somebody like Jamel Charlo, I've seen improvements every time out. Right? That's why I almost gave it to Chepo. Because Eddie Reynoso has made Ryan Garcia so much better. So that's that's I look at improvement in the ring, not just one fight in the game plan, but I look at 
who the fighter is now. He made now. Canelo so much better, which is fucking insane to think. Yeah, I mean, but they've been there since day one. They're together forever, yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, throughout the course of his career, he's made Canelo so much better. Right, and it's making Ryan look incredible as well. But I look at Derrick James, I look at somebody like Charlo. For a minute there, I was, I was like, man, I don't know how good Jamel's going to be. Then losing that narrow decision to Tony Harrison, coming back to win that fight with a much better performance, and then knocking out Jason Rosario with a jab to the solar plexus. It's pretty impressive what Derrick James has done. So that, that's why I'm rolling with Derrick James. And you look at, um, I, I think already, I know you care what happens. I, I'm pretty sure Eddie Reynoso will be my trainer of the year for 2021. I mean, as long as, well, if, if Ryan loses. I and, think Valdez could win. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I almost forgot about Valdez. Now. So you already got Ryan. You got Valdez who can arguably beat Burchelt if he wins that. And he you know, takes Valdez to the next level. And I probably see, what, Canelo fighting twice before May? Once before May. Or twice, including May? Yeah, yeah. He's fighting in February. Yeah, so fighting February, defending that, coming back in May, having a big fight, maybe winning another belt at 168. Like, that's too crazy. I think he could wrap this shit up by May. He could. You're right. Unless Arrow fights so, Terrence Crawford, then you know, things... Get, but I don't think that's happening. Anyway. That could happen late next year. But still, yeah, that's it'll be interesting. And then um, we didn't mention Bomac, which is odd. But, but Herring and having Bud are that's pretty good. Pretty good wins for him. Yes, definitely. Um, next one, last boxing award. Who's your most improved fighter? Damn. See, I would have said Ryan Garcia. But he fought on January 2nd. 2nd? <laughs> yeah. No. I don't know. Maybe. That's a tough one. Maybe Jamel Charlo. Maybe Jamel. Because losing to Tony Harrison and having to come back. And then Jason Rosario was a tough fight. That I'd say was a trap fight. And he was, looked impressive. I can't think of anybody else who's improved tremendously. Teofimo had a great win, but I can't say that's improvement. I just think he always had it. Mm. So, I, yeah. See, I don't know. Teofimo comes to mind because as a boxer, he showed a lot. Not just as a, a puncher or a counter puncher. Um, Teofimo was one that immediately jumped to mind for me. And then when I look at like everything and how stuff played out and there wasn't a ton of fights to choose from, but when I like really sat down, I was like, yo, who is most improved? It was hard for me not to go back to that Povetkin win and say Povetkin was the most improved fighter last year. I was like, yeah, he's an improved. Like, what was that? That's not improvement. He was supposed to lose that fight to Dillian White. Well, it depends on who you ask, right? Like, Povetkin's, he's never really? been. A, yeah, dude, Povetkin's never been a bum, right? He was the underdog. He's never been a bum. He's the, he, was the, he was not the, he was the underdog in that fight, but he was a live underdog, and everybody knew it. Every, everybody who watched boxing knows how good Povetkin is. Like, he even gave Anthony Joshua fit, so there's nothing that I thought improved. He just Povetkin's had a, a listed, like, 40 years old. Yes, we, there's nothing that improved. Man could be 47. He's the same guy. No, yeah, he's a gatekeeper, and he looked like more than a gatekeeper. I mean, he's a high-end gatekeeper. The guy's a former champion. Like, there's, there's the top of the division. I don't think he's improved. I think he was who he mm. was when he fought Dillian White. 
That's who he is. There, I didn't. Jillian see, just got caught. Yeah, he I, got caught. I don't think there's any improvement. That's why when I see Jamel Charlo and I see how he uses the jab and his head movement and his defense, like he's tightened up. Oh, then Teofimo's most improved. But see, Teo, I can't say that because I didn't see any holes in Teo's game before. So I can't say he improved. I just think this is another dimension of Teo that we really? had because a year before then, he went 12. With the guy who um, knocked out. Yeah. Yeah, Fields for But But I can't. Nakatani, I can't. But Nakatani, he was damn near out of that fight too. Like So Teofimo, people were like, oh, people soured on Teofimo after the Nakatani but that, fight. But see, I don't call that. People soured on Devin Haney with the Gamboa fight. I don't call that improvement. True, but people thought he struggled. Oh, that's not good. And then he got the flash knockout. So people were like, I don't know yeah. if he corrected those things because he knocked the guy out in two rounds. But this time he had to go the distance again, be a pure boxer, not rely on the power, and showed like, no, like I'm well-rounded. Yeah, see, I, with Tio, I just think, you know, you spend time in the gym with Tio. When I watch him, I'm like, well, he's yeah. got the tools. I don't. There was nothing yep. that I saw that was wrong with Tio. I just thought Lomachenko was a better boxer, but I didn't think that there was something I thought Tio needed to improve upon. I didn't think he was deficient in any area. So that no, when I see Tio in the gym, it's like watching Tank in the gym. We both seen a lot of Tank in the gym because he's all the time in Mayweather's gym here, right? When you watch Tank in the gym, you see all these tools of a legit boxer and you see the fundamentals you see the head movement you see defense you see him do all of this he doesn't do any of that in a fight like he didn't do any of that against Santa Cruz and was content in losing rounds but in the gym I see him do that all the time but he didn't choose to come out in fights and be a boxer it's the reason why Gamboa stuck around for so long and that was so close because he doesn't use those tools in there, he goes, and I, I'm going to kill someone, I'm going to knock them out, and I'm going to wait until I can do so. But he has all those tools, too. He doesn't use them. Yeah, I just don't call it an improvement. Improvement would mean I saw something, and I was like, mm, maybe he's not good there, and he's gotten better. Teofimo, I wouldn't necessarily say he, he's already there. Unless he like the not to give you the Charlo one though, because he just lost, he came back yeah. unifying the division. That's very impressive. He he looks really good, but it, most improve is always a hard thing. Unless you're a guy who came back from a couple losses and had to really prove yourself. We just didn't have enough fights in yeah, 2020. Yeah, like Clay Collard. Well, he lost, so you know, <laughs> some people were like, yeah, yeah, he could yeah be fighter of the year. Like it's like, all right, chill out. Nah, yeah, set him up for the okie doke. Yep. Uh, let's go to MMA real quick before we're out of here. MMA fighter of the year, men's fighter of the year. You go first. Damn. See, so that's, to me, it, it was rough until the end, but I don't know how you don't give it to Davis and Figueredo as men's fighter of the year. So that is my pick. Uh, amazing fight this last time. and it, he, I guess he was sick as shit going into that fight and still went five and one hell of a fight. They're going to run it back. I expect him to do even better in the rematch. Um, Davis and Figueredo, hopefully Triple C comes back because Figueredo's just tearing through people and Triple C is like, fuck it, I got to try this. Um, Davis and Figueredo, to me, is the men's fighter of the year. But I understand if someone gives it to Israel. I am. Israel Adesanya. Okay, look, I understand, but there's a shitload of fights for it. The man went back to back in three weeks. Yes. Like, I got to get He it. did. My only issue is he didn't win that last fight. And... Oh, you had him lose it? No, no, no. I'm just saying he didn't win. It was a draw. 
right? Oh, it was a draw. It was, it was. It was. So if he would have won that, oh, fight. that's because no, fuck that. It's because the ref took away that point for no fucking reason. Yeah, he kicked him in the nuts, but that wasn't purposeful. He, he punted him in the nuts. That was a yeah, but I mean, it wasn't on purpose. The ref took away that point. If it wasn't for that, he wins in by split decision. So no, yeah, fuck out. No, nah, no, nah, not at all. Like, to me, he won that fight. Well, One point deduction without a warning. So he, here's my thing. Because I thought about this even before that fight. And I was like, I was waiting for us to do the year in the awards to think about it. Davidson Figueredo beat Joseph Benavidez. Yep. Beat Alex Perez. N- nerfed Joseph Benavidez, by the way. Yes. Beat Alex Perez from the Contender Series. Yep. And beat Brandon Moreno. Are any of them remotely close to as good as Joel Romero is or what Paulo Costa was? Was Yoel Romero this year? Yes. Is it March? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, no, that fight was ugly, too. It was. That was just a, a go. Go. <laughs> like, I love that fucking quote. Um, no, no, no. By no means. No. That's Romero's why I think- a scary-ass dude. That's why that fight was ugly. Yeah. And then he washed Paulo Costa, who had never been beaten before. I, it's hard for me to look yeah. at Davidson Figueredo against Alex Perez and be like, yeah, that's a hell... Paulo Perez is a guy off the Contender series, like not saying Contender's <laughs> whack, but the point is, is like that ended up being your top guy. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when I look at Adesanya, what he did to Romero, who could easily be on a lot of pound for pound lists if he would have won, and Adesanya made easy work out of Paulo Costa, which everybody thought was going to be a problem. And he destroyed him. It's my fight of the year. I can't, I can't knock that. Like, really, like, that logic, I mean, it's it's ironclad. And the guy's a superstar now. Yes. Right? He's about to fight for, to become a two-weight champion. Strength of schedule, so baby. Like, fuck. You're pulling the strength of schedule. Yeah, I have all to. Right. I have like, to. Listen, I can't, can't complain about that at all. Now we have our women's fighter of the year. Um, this one's a little trickier. Because I, I think the fight of the year, which we'll get to in a second, was a women's fight. But I am going to I'm going to give it to Valentina Shevchenko. Hmm. She fought in February, so it seems like a lifetime ago. Mm-hmm. But she wrecked Caitlin Chukagian and then came back and went the distance with Jennifer Maya because I feel like she just wanted to get rounds in, which could be true. So you give me that. And again, it was a weird year. It was a lighter year. Um, I think we only saw Amanda once. Um, Waylee, I think we saw once. So I got to give it to Valentina. I'm going to give it to Waylee Zhang. Strength of schedule, baby. And I think Waylee lost that fight. Oh, well. <laughs> I, I'm strength of schedule. Like, Vin, uh, Valentina Shevchenko was supposed to beat the shit out of Caitlin Shagan. She was supposed to beat Jennifer Maya. I'm not trying to knock her for it, but Willie Zhang against Joanna and Jacek ended up being the fight of the year, which I'm preemptively telling that before we even get to that award. And she beat a woman who was once considered the greatest fighter on the face of the planet for like eight months until she lost to Rose Diamond Yunus. Kaylee Shutegi yeah. and Jennifer Maya, neither of them are even close to what Joanna and Jacek was. So, straight schedule, baby. Going Whaley. I feel you. It's just one fight. I can't help it. That's, it was a that's split 2020. Decision win. It's 2020. <laughs> what can I do? Uh, spoiler alert. 
our fight of the year <laughs> is Joanna and Jake Chick versus uh, Waylee Zhang. And this is Joanna. That, that's men and women. There's no fight that I think yeah, is better overall, than that fight. No, no, that's that's one of the greatest title fights I've ever seen. Yeah. Period. So Joanna looked like like the elephant man by the end of it, and I thought she won. So that it was one hell of a fight. Wei Lee looked crazy. That was an all-out war of a fight. And I loved it. Every second of it. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a reason neither of them have fought since. That shit took a toll. Yes. I'm wondering if that's if that's the Robbie Lawler um shit, it was Robbie versus Rory. Rory. Like fight for them. Yeah. Where it's like that that took more out of them than anyone would know. Possibly. Yeah. Very possible. Cause that shit was crazy. Um but no, yeah, so fight of the year right there. Easy. Uh knockout of the year. Joaquin Buckley. There's no question. I don't like the spinning kick what? as much as other people liked it. Come on, man. The degree of difficulty to knock somebody out with that kick? I have nothing better, but I, I don't... I didn't like it as much as other people. People fucking lost their minds yes. for it. That, I mean, I would take Cody Garbrandt just fucking starching. But I mean, that's, so, that's like, a punch. That's Motherfucker froze in time. Yeah, that's a punch, though. Like, anybody could throw a punch. Throw that kick while somebody has your leg with enough power to knock somebody else. A spinning back kick to the grill. We yeah we've also never seen it. Before. I would give it the award, but yeah yeah I would I would give the award, but it's every time I watch him, just like shit might be a little overrated. That's crazy. You're drunk. It is, but I I don't know. It doesn't impress me that much. Um, most improved for MMA. That's another tough. Kevin one. Holland. Ooh. The guy who's yeah Kevin Holland's on a run. Who's had losses, but has looked incredible. His last few fights. I mean, he beat Jacare with a punch off his back. That's the most pre fighter of the year. All right, I'll give you that one. Because I was like racking my brain to think, like, yo, who's most improved? I, I was thinking, you know, maybe, um, shit, I don't, I don't know. I was going through the women's division. I was like, I don't know if I can say someone is most improved Mackenzie Dern. in the women's division. Mackenzie Dern would have came to mind. Oh, yeah. She's added, like, some really good stand-up. Yes. Two fights really showed it off. This last fight was close as hell. But, yeah, I mean, my pick was going to be Brandon Moreno for most improved. I mean, the man was cut two years ago. True. And in a title fight where he earns a draw. Yeah. <laughs> like, two years later. Like, that, that shit's crazy. So, Brandon Moreno was going to be my pick. Um, I like your pick a lot, though. Yeah, I gotta go. But I'll stay with Brandon for the sake of... Uh, for argument, I would say Brandon Moreno is my pick there. And then Breakout Star, which we didn't have for boxing, but because we had Prospect. Yeah. But Breakout Star for MMA. So our last award. I'm giving it to Kevin Holland. I know a lot of people are going to give it to Kamayev, but I got to go with Kevin Holland because he beat Jacare. I'm going with Kamayev. <laughs> I think that's the easy one. The kid's a beast. He looks crazy. He got the snarl and the lip. I love it. Okay. And he he's taking three total strikes. True. I'm just saying Kevin Holland beat Jacare. Kamayev doesn't have that. Yeah, I mean, I, no, I can't wait for that Leon Edwards fight. Yeah, if it ever happens. Because that's going to show everyone, you're going to take more than three strikes. Yeah, maybe. So <laughs> maybe not. Maybe. <laughs> no, no, no. Hell no. You're, 
Leon's getting a little more than three strikes in, so I can't wait to see how he reacts to that. Um, I'm not saying the guy's going to take if, – if he makes Leon Edwards look remotely easy, then we got a problem. We definitely do, if he does. So I can't wait to see that fight. Uh, yeah, that's our awards. That is our show for today. We appreciate you guys for listening to us. As always, hopefully you guys are staying safe and Rona-free out there. If you want to follow us on social media – it's at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. You can follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale on all platforms. Shout out to Blue Wire, the network. Shout out to all of our sponsors. Check out our other show, Wrestling with Stereotypes, on adfreeshows.com. Have a great interview on there coming up with Chris Bay of Impact Wrestling. You don't want to miss that. Playing the guitar. It was it was such a fun interview to do. One of wrestling's bright young stars overall not just even black wrestlers or black stars like this kid's gonna be a superstar so make sure you guys check that out as well dreo is a fun one until thursday we're out peace whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring podcasts on the blue wire network Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.